0: Calvary Church presents Lead to Serve, a leadership podcast with Ed Taylor. Hey, welcome again to another episode of the Lead to Serve podcast. We are actually in season number four. Uh, my name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora. I've been here since 1999. Aurora is in Colorado. We're grateful to serve the community here uh, all throughout what they call the Denver metro area, but then beyond the walls of the church and beyond the state. And part of that is this podcast where we talk about ministry together. We talk about what's right now, I guess, season four, we've been discussing topics, but under the banner of the post-pandemic type of environment. Last time we talked about leading with a limp. And I hope that was helpful for you because... The reality of of serving and leading is that we all have a limp. But that limp is a is really a place where God uses, really a tool that God uses to form us and fashion us, to develop our character, to remind us of our true identity. That every time that that pain is pricked or that memory is brought back, it reminds us of who we are in Christ. The work that he's doing in us, not just the work, but the transformative work as we're conformed into the very image of Christ. And as we have on previous episodes uh, with me, I would say in studio, but he's not in studio because he's up in the northern Colorado serving a church with Poyman Ministries. Um, but Pastor Bob Claycamp is on the phone with me. Welcome again, Bob. Oh, it's
1: great to be with you again.
0: Is there still snow on the ground around you, Bob?
1: Just on the north side of houses. uh, No one told me that I wasn't supposed to buy a house that faced north because (laughs) you can never get rid of the snow until May.
0: How many times do you wake up in the morning, (laughs) Bob, and say, you know, we're not in Arizona anymore?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 35 years in Arizona, not so much snow down in Phoenix.
0: (laughs) Well, today's topic uh, with Bob is... Serving and supporting your pastors and leaders, or the emphasis on a word that we value around here, and that's like mindedness. How important it is to serve with like mindedness. And we call this the Lead to Serve podcast because they're intertwined. Jesus called us to be great servants, He Himself is the example. Mark chapter 10 and verse 45 He came not to be served. But to serve and give his life a ransom for others. And at the same time, in our service, we're also leading by example. Uh, we might be an overseer in church, we might lead a small group, a pastor, uh, an elder. Maybe you have a place of leadership at work, a supervisor, but it doesn't matter if it's any place that you have is a position of leadership from the, from the posture of servanthood. As a mom or dad at home, even as a kiddo, you know, submitting to mom and dad, that's a position of servanthood, which also is a position of leadership. Now, here's a truth, Bob, that I think in our modern day culture is hard for some to grasp. And it's this. God has appointed spiritual leadership in the local congregation. What are your thoughts about that?
1: That's right. It's clear in the word. Uh, especially in the New Testament, as we're looking at uh, since the book of Acts started. You've got leaders baptized with the Holy Spirit, drawing upon the Spirit's lead and anointing. And there are times when uh, leaders make wrong decisions. I mean, when Peter went up to Antioch and the whole thing happened, as Paul wrote about, Paul had to confront Peter, even though Peter was one of the first 12 apostles, and um, but, but he was uh, had this um, du- duplicity of, of uh, affecting others by his choice that wasn't led by the spirit, but was confusing and and contrary to the grace of God on, on the Gentiles.
0: The appointment of spiritual leadership is, and I, you know, you 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 said something that took me off track, um, and I think we'll we'll just skip to it right away. Uh, right at the beginning, I think it's it's a it it's very good for us to talk about. Spiritual leaders will make mistakes. Why do you think? Yes. Why Why do you think that there's an expectation, or maybe you may have some thoughts on why there is such a great expectation that leaders won't make mistakes, and that it's so shocking to people when we do?
1: Well, I think some of it is we want heroes in our life, mm. and. And we put expectations because if I link myself with a hero, then I'm empowered in that same way. And um, subtly, it's partly our fault by putting unrealistic expectations upon leaders, taking a truth where I'm to submit myself to those over you and the Lord uh, for the sake of accountability and all. But Paul says, Follow me as I follow Christ, and so that that reality that uh, God has ordained uh, leadership, and uh, for the sake of uh, um, uh, accountability, for the sake of uh, uh, making sure everything is taken care of, uh, order. But yet, it's still. You know, it's sheep following sheep. Really, um, we're under shepherds, but we're all sheep. And so, there's going to be there's going to be times when you may not agree with the method that that leader puts in place. It's not a doctrinal issue; it's a method issue. And so, it's against your method. And you and you have elevated your method to be the one that is anointed, even by the Apostle Paul or something. Uh, because he spoke King James. I mean, I mean there's all <laughs> kinds of stupid yeah. ideas. But, but you know, at the end of the day, there's so many different ways something can be carried out. Yeah. And so if, if God has put you under a leader, an elder, a pastor, then serve and just follow the method unless the method leads you into sin. And then then you've got to make an appeal and try to reason. But at the end of the day, um, you need to follow God rather than man. But still, it doesn't throw out the whole thing of submitting to leaders even though they're weak because they're not Jesus.
0: Yeah, it's sheep leading sheep. I like that phrase. That, that, that's the important concept of understanding that we have roles and responsibilities that are different. Uh, some have more responsibility than others, which would be that God-appointed leadership However, we're sheep following sheep. We're sheep serving with sheep. There's an equality among us that we all stand equal at the cross of Christ. The difference with yes. us is the authority that we might be we might have been given by God, or the position that we might have been given by God. I think of I think of the term elder that's used in Scripture that we use synonymously with pastor. Uh, you know, Paul would tell Timothy that elders rule well. They should be counted worthy of double honor. Uh, Peter said it in 1 Peter 5, submit yourself to your elders. So there's a place of leadership and then a place of submission. I think the author to Hebrews is Paul, even though that's debatable. But even in Hebrews, remember, this is a heavy one. Uh, many people do not like this statement. But in Hebrews 13, verse 17, it says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive. Yeah. These are keys. Yeah. This, this is important as we're... We're serving uh, in a, a culture like it's never been before, at least for our generation, uh, post-pandemic issues, the divisiveness that still exists, that we we need to keep at the forefront of our serving, that we're co-laboring together. We're co-laboring together. Yes. We all have our place. Yes. And, and words like partnership, teamwork, uh, collaborating, which is really co-laboring, but collaborating in serving together and again i think most of this conversation will be in the context of the church but the reality is is that we must share in like-mindedness as sheep following sheep sheep serving with sheep Otherwise, the enemy will take advantage. There'll be chaos. There'll be confusion. There'll be division. Right. There'll be clamoring for power and things that just God doesn't bless. If we would learn to do the things God blesses, the following the pattern of Jesus, and avoid and even condemn the things that God doesn't bless, I think we'd see a lot more progress in in the church. So with that... Tell me what you think before I give the biblical definition of like-mindedness. What comes to mind when you hear the word like-minded?
1: Actually, what comes to mind is um, a troop in the armed forces Mm. where you've got, um, you've got a mission and everybody on the team has each other's back. It's like, you have my six. It's a big statement. And without that, there's going to be friendly fire. <laughs> I mean, you're going to shoot, you're going to shoot your wounded. Um, you've got to trust the Lord that he has put that structure in place. And the Holy Spirit wants to use that structure unless the leader goes in a way that's sinful against God, that there's blatant sin that they're wanting you to carry out. And that, that, that's a whole other issue. But you just can't make that your main thing. You, you've got to understand that, that God is working with you as a team. And that team concept has to be continued. And even though, like we mentioned earlier, the method might be different than you would do it, just trust the Lord. Unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. And so just let the Lord you know, use you as a team, be like-minded, and say, you know what, let's just see what the Lord will do. Kind of reminds me of uh, Jonathan's armor bear when Jonathan wanted to go up on the hill and, and just, um, you know, uh, defeat the enemy in a, in a method that Saul wouldn't have used.
0: I love the team picture. I will use baseball as the example because that's my favorite sport. Everyone has a place on the field. Everyone has a responsibility each an individual but collaboratively they're the team nobody wins a game in baseball alone no one hit no one catch no one pitch no one managerial decision wins the game it's a it's a compilation of all of that throughout the game in response even to what's happening on the other side of the uh, the the opponent you know what happens to what the opponent does but no one person wins everyone works together but if you don't, if you don't fulfill the role that you have, that and you want to be another role, let's say you're the catcher, but you want to be the pitcher, and you run to the mound. Now you have two pitchers. Who's going to catch and who's going to hold? There's only one ball, <laughs> and there's a general set of rules that we follow. Uh, we're playing the game baseball, not football. So there's the right equipment. I mean, it's a beautiful. I guess you could do a whole Bible study on that, um, but I want to get into the biblical example I just taught on this. Uh, recently uh, here at the church it's part of our servants class it's actually a chapter in one of the books that I wrote as well called ordinary servant uh, learning how to support like and, and the value that we have here in like-mindedness it's very important for us like-mindedness the Greek it comes to us from tre- two Greek words meaning equal and soul and you have the picture of unity harmony and agreement Uh, activated by the same motives, to have similar character. Jesus valued this as he spent three years pouring in uh, to the men and women around him. Paul absolutely valued this as he poured into Timothy and Titus and all those. Peter valued it. Uh, It's it's an eternal principle. It's a new and old covenant principle because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. However, in our culture, like-mindedness is not valued very highly because I think it's either A, misinterpreted, or B, it's misused. And the way it's misused is that leaders uh, have a heavy hand and force conformity on people, force them to to do this or to be this or to even think this, uh, assign this, and they call that like-mindedness because if i can get you to agree with, if i can get you to agree with me then that's like-mindedness but that, that's not like-mindedness at all like-mindedness is fostered in the environment of freedom it, it is a work of the holy spirit it's something that that paul would tell the ephesians that we're to strive to maintain the unity of yeah. the spirit in the bond of peace it's it's not something you can make up. You're either it's it's kind of like um, it's kind of like being tall. Uh, you either are or you're not. You can't make it up. Um, if, if you're tall, you are. If you're not, you're not. And if like mindedness, yeah. you either are or you're not. And like mindedness is met in not in a list of rules and regulations to follow, but in a mutual admiration of Jesus, a submission to the Holy Spirit and recognizing, so if you bring it down, there's a practical piece to that, and that is recognizing the God-ordained roles that he has given to us in the church, and operating in those roles in the spirit, in a spirit of love.
1: Yes. You know, there's a difference between like-mindedness based in freedom and grace, and like-mindedness based in fear and intimidation. Mm. And there are, in, like, even in a family, a father can put his family in order because he threatens them if they get out of order. And it's fear and intimidation. And so outwardly, it looks like it's like-minded, but inwardly, there's no relationship that's really been fostered, but actually an unhealthy fear and intimidation, which carries over to other authority figures as the child gets older. And it's it's abusive when when you rule by intimidation and fear. And so it's not merely the outward like-mindedness, but it's the like-mindedness of, of soul, like you had pointed out, um, where you you say, you know what, I'm 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 like-minded with the Lord, and I'm going with His order, with His counsel, with His uh, instruction, and I'm going to do it from the heart and not just because I'm afraid that if I step out of line, he's going to whack me.
0: Yeah, fear, fear is the wrong motivation. Uh, the fear of man is the wrong motivation both to be moved by and to use. Uh, I was looking up the word intimidation and it, it says to frighten uh, and overawe someone, A W E, to frighten and overawe, especially in order to make them do what one Mm -hmm. wants and that making is not like-mindedness. Like-mindedness means that we generally agree about the same thing. It doesn't imply that we agree about everything or we see everything eye to eye. That's impossible. There isn't anyone on the planet. Sometimes we even disagree with ourselves. And how do we know that? Because we change our minds. Uh, like, like sometimes we don't even 100% agree with ourselves as we're growing and maturing, but serving together, I mean, the place of a servant doesn't, there's no fear and intimidation. There's unity, harmony, agreement, and submission. Submission is a hard yes. word, but submission is required to maintain unity, especially when we don't see something eye to eye. Uh, we don't choose right. to fight, undermine, uh, to You know somehow push our own agenda but rather to learn to submit and surrender ourselves to the lord and then the bible teaches that mutual submission among us it's so beautiful so let's go with that in mind to a familiar passage in exodus chapter 17 where they're attacked by the amalekites and things happen very, very rapidly here. And let me just say, for the sake of those that might be listening in that have a Calvary Chapel background, um, that that's the family of churches we're from, the, this sense of Moses' model of leadership has been used as a, uh, a weapon against many pastor-led churches. And when you hear the word Moses' model, it's almost always a caricature of this passage of Scripture— or the thought process that Pastor Chuck taught us. Now he, to be fair, he used the phrase Moses' model, uh, and so now it's been co-opted and used against it. But the true, and, and this is my position, that, that leadership can be uh, misused and mishandled. Uh, uh, Moses, you know, using Moses as the example, or Paul, or Titus, or Jesus, or any other singular leader that God has chosen throughout all of scriptures, uh, misusing and leading in the flesh—it doesn't matter what model it is; it's not the model of God. Um, and yeah. and because we're appealing to Moses, is not because uh, well, you can't come to him and go well. You know, this is an old covenant uh, example. Well, you can say that, but at the same time, it is a universal. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there's a universality of this that we can draw out. And let me be clear: whatever model of leadership is being used in your life, uh, in your church, and by you, it is never okay to hurt people. It's never okay to abuse people. It's never okay to to say I'm the only one. I'm a uh, as as one person once said, and I'm sure you've heard this: it is never okay in the church to have leadership that's perceived or even called. And this guy said this publicly from a, at a at a conference. From the microphone that was recorded, it's probably somewhere on a recording. But this pastor called his church a benevolent dictatorship. Uh, that's not biblical. Yeah, uh, I don't care if a pastor taught it. it. It it's not biblical. It's the antithesis of servant leadership. Um, but we've got about we've got a few minutes left uh, in Exodus 17. I want to address this because we see all these in, in, ingredients. it's a a seminal moment in the leadership of Moses. They're attacked for the first time. The Amalekites come against them. And in verse 8, he responds. This is Exodus 17. Moses just said, hey, Joshua, go get some men and fight. And tomorrow, I'm going to go up to the top of the hill. And so what you see is God had a word. He gave it to Moses. Moses gave it to Joshua. And God Moses gave direction, and he said, Joshua, get some men, go fight. I'm going up to the top of the hill. And here's leadership with a test for Joshua to submit. And we can think of a lot of different responses Joshua could have here. He could say, what do you mean? You're going to go up to the high country in the safe place, and you're sending me down. Why don't you come with me, Moses? Why don't you go fight, and I'll go up to the hill and... I don't know about you, Bob, but, but I have heard that mine. I mean, I've actually felt that way at times. um, So let's be honest uh, in that sense, but I've also heard it a lot (laughs) where, you know, Moses doesn't give, have time to explain anything. He doesn't have time. We don't know the whole conversation. That's not reserved for us, but we do know what's been said. And what's said is very quick, go do this. And I'm going to do that. And and they're very opposite things. And the only, the only, acceptable response is verse 10 joshua did as moses said to him and over that in your bibles you could write submission he did what he was told to do moses told him to do something and he did it so it reminded me bob maybe you can comment on this i shared with the church and this is in our servants class as well i share with the church is that it's a very important as you serve god in the context of teamwork and like-mindedness that you do what you're asked to do. And then secondly, that you do what you're asked to do the way you were asked to do it. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, yeah, unless uh, unless your leader says, "You know, take care of this in the best way you can." That's one thing. But if he says, "I want you to I want you to take care of this and I want you to take these three steps," Um, I the problem that comes to mind is confidence in an unfaithful man is like a broken tooth or a foot out of joint. <laughs> so um, you know, the the leader wants to accomplish something and maybe there's a particular method on his heart for other reasons besides the particular method. Because of maybe it's a word of knowledge, maybe it's something that has to be addressed that's gonna happen during those three steps of that particular method. And so you just have to you have to trust the Lord that if, if the leader's given you, okay, I want you to deal with this, and I want you to take step one, step, step two, step three in this order, then then do it, even though you thought, hey, I've got a great idea. I don't yeah. care what he said. I think this is of the Lord. And all of a sudden, you're you're kind of undermining the overall plan of God that he wants to do.
0: Yes. I, th- I think the, the reality of, of being able to say most of the time when you're challenged in like-mindedness, the best, if it's not sin, so let's be clear, uh, uh, anytime there's abusive leadership, do not submit to it. Anytime there's sinful leadership, you're under no obligation to be in a place of abuse and hurt. So let's be clear about that. Neither are you under any obligation whatsoever, zero, zero, minus zero, whatever we, however I can emphasize this, that if if the direction is to do something sinful, the answer is always no, period. Uh, yes, something compromising, yeah. always know. So I think well, I made some assumptions in stating this right from the get-go, but, but there's, don't sit under any, you, you're not, you can't be like-minded uh, in the Lord with bad leadership or sinful leadership. So let's clear that up. But generally yes. with that exception, I think there's probably some other exceptions. If you're not given a lot, if, if, if you're given direction like this, all I, I need you to get some men and go fight then the only natural response from Joshua is to go get some men and fight. Uh, and I think that although life and death is not what we're dealing with daily, what we are dealing with daily is the spiritual life and death of people's lives. And the best response in serving generally within one another, where you whether you're at work and your supervisor tells you to do something, the right response is not to cop an attitude, it's just to do it. That's why you're there. Just submit to it, but you don't understand that I'm doing everybody's work. Right now, that's God's will for your life. Do the best that you can with what you have, and don't cop an attitude. It's not helpful in being used of God. Uh, But since we're running out of time, let me go through quickly here. Another thing I see in this about like-mindedness, that we don't even see how it was developed. But, but, But Moses goes up to the hill. His hands are up. It's, it's obvious that when his hands are up, it says Israel prevailed. When his hands went down, Amalek prevailed. And then it says in verse 12, Moses' hands became heavy or tired. And then the very next thing is they, Aaron and Hur, took a stone, put it under him, sat on it. Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on the other side, and there was victory. And one of the things I pulled I pulled out for our congregation was this that one of the best tools that you and I have in serving is the the tool of observation. Um, when you see something, you can do something. Yeah. Um, if if you yeah. don't pay attention, then you won't see things, and when you don't see things, you will do far less for the kingdom. The more you see, it's just like Bible study, isn't it? The more you observe, yeah. The better you will, the faster and the more. The unique and the better you'll come to the conclusion that one specific interpretation that God has, so you have many applications like observation's key, so somehow they see this, they're watching it happen, they're attentive to Moses, like we learned with Diakonos to wait on tables, they're- att- paying attention, they see this, they take care of it without being asked they 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 have such yeah. a care and concern. They don't say, give me the rod now. I'm much younger than you, Moses, or a thousand <laughs> different things. They see it. They sit him down. And again, we use this this picture. We, if he's sitting on and his arms are up, I don't think they grabbed him by the wrist to keep his arms up. I think they took the position even lower than that to get right up under his arm with some leverage right up in his armpit, really. We call this the armpit ministry. We get right up in his armpits <laughs> and kept his arms up. And and by the way, his armpits yeah. would have been really bad because there's no showers, same robe, dusty desert, <laughs> really bad. And, and like-mindedness would say, you know what? I'm here to do whatever's needed of me. I wanna make, I wanna serve Moses. I wanna take, he doesn't need to ask me. I can take care of him, I can support him, because it's not about me, and it's actually not about Moses, it's about the battle that's going on with Joshua and the Amalekites, and we've got a couple minutes left. What do you think, Bob?
1: Well, you know, as I'm thinking about that, one thing that stands out to me is the first thing they did is they had Moses sit down on a rock, and to me, what that speaks of is Rest because they don't hold him up standing up, but they put him on a rock. And that rock, uh, just uh, I can't help but think that uh, that rock is Christ, even though that has to deal with another issue. But still, it's uh, they're, they're giving him rest on the truth of God's word. And then they hold up his arms. So there's two actions really that are done. Besides the, the first action, really, is observation, like you had said. But the next but the very next one is to have him sit on a rock Mm -hmm. and he's resting on a rock and, you know, resting on Christ, let's just say on the word of God. And then there is that lifting up of the hands, which testifies of um, the prayer, uh, holding up the rod of God and and um, appealing uh, to the throne of God for victory.
0: That's so good. And I, I resting upon Christ In the Word, we find our place of of strength and together—and I think this is where we have to close as we're out of time now—but you've got Joshua doing what he needed to do, Moses doing what he needed to do, Aaron and her doing what they needed to do, and collaboratively and as a team, victory is won. Uh, So much so that God said, write it down. I want you to remember that I'm your banner. The Lord is our banner and the, the, the need for us to be like-minded. And I know it's hard. As You guys that have stuck with us to the end, I know it's hard. I know it's challenging. I know that you're facing things you've never faced before. I know that it can be difficult even with people you're serving with. But I know that in the Lord, resting on His Word, arms up in prayer, a position of surrender, God will use that in your life. So we're at the end. Thank you guys again uh, for tuning in. This is the Lead to Serve podcast. You can contact us, edtaylor.org. You can email me there through the website edtaylor.org. Our church website is calvaryco.church. Uh, download our app. That's the best way to get go to go to your app store. Put my name in there, Ed Taylor. Uh, download our app. That's the best way to stay in touch with us. All of our relevant information is updated there, as well as the website. And you can always text. Um, only text. Don't call the number. We don't answer it, but we do respond to the text. 720-608-0012. Uh, you can text any show ideas or feedback or anything like that. Stick to the positive. Uh, don't be negative and nasty. Uh, it's not from the Lord. It's not going to be blessed to the Lord. And again, we're enjoying the season, even though if we have to do it by phone, we will. I thank you for taking the time today, Bob, and investing uh, this time in these conversations. Super rich. Thanks, man. You bet. All right. God bless you guys. Until next time, uh, you're listening to Lead to Serve. Stay in touch with us. Pray for us. And together, uh, we'll see what the Lord will do through us collaboratively as a team. Uh, working together, striving together to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lead to Serve with Pastor Ed Taylor, a leadership podcast from Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. If you have a leadership question you want to hear answered on a future Lead to Serve podcast, please email it to Pastor Ed at calvaryco.church. And if you like our podcast, please subscribe, rate, or review us on iTunes, and share us with your friends on social media. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time right here on the Lead to Serve podcast.